You're listening to Biz Women Rock. This is episode 204. Woo! Hey, what's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast, your home for amazing, very real stories about phenomenal businesswomen in all sorts of different industries over all sorts of different parts of the world who are here to share the real stories of how they've grown their businesses so that you can take some practical ideas and go implement them in your business. Now, if you're just starting your business, there's an amazing resource that you can tap into. It's called How to Launch Your Brand Online. It is an ebook that I created just for you. If you want to make sure that your business is represented very well and very effectively in the online space, including on a website, uh, on a blog, on social media, then being able to follow these very simple steps to be able to build up a customer base that is dying for exactly what you got That's what this book is all about. Go find out more at bizwomenrock.com. Jamie Walker is my guest today, and she has started two super cool companies that I know you're going to love. The very first is called Fit Approach, and she started it because she realized that there was a need for athletes and those of us who love fitness to connect and share resources. So her community has over 4,000 brand ambassadors, she calls them, um, and it's a very thriving online and offline community. As a result of creating this community and being able to see what people really needed, what they wanted, she then created a company called Sweat Guru, uh, which I love that name. And this technology, it basically helps users who, uh, people who are in the exercise industry connect with people who are looking for classes. So let's pretend you wanted to go do a yoga class. You could actually go to Sweat Guru. You could look up all sorts of yoga classes in your area. And she is the one who is connected to all of these different business owners, all these different uh, uh, exercise folks who have classes to to share and to give. And she sort of is that connector piece. It's just super, super brilliant. Um, The major point of this conversation is really breaking apart what a community truly is, because it's kind of become a buzzword, um, community, tribe, community. followers, all that sort of stuff. But she really breaks it down so that we can hear her version of what community really is, um, how to grow it and how to thrive it, and how to have it produce revenue. It's a fascinating conversation. So let's get into it with Jamie. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited that you're here. Um, I'm an athlete, and I love, 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 from a user perspective, what you've created, and from an entrepreneur's perspective, I love that you have fulfilled a super cool niche in the marketplace, so I'm really excited to talk about it today. Um, Can we start a little bit about how, uh, I know you started your very first business, Fit Approach, um, back in 2011, can you talk a little bit about kind of the, the stage of your life that you were in, why you started that, and what, what those first couple of steps of business were? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we started, we launched that approach in uh, June of 2011, and we really developed it to be a place where people could connect about fitness. 
And the reason being was that, um, you know, before my daytime job, my full-time job at the time, um, I was running boot camp and yoga classes early in the morning, sort of out of passion and out of my love for all things fitness um, as an athlete, as an instructor. And um, I became really frustrated with, you know, feeling like I wasn't a catch-all for these questions that were coming to me about, you know, what I should eat to do this or how I should train for this. Um, I had great tips and recommendations, but, you know, I don't think, you know, fitness is a one-size-fits-all type thing. So I realized there needed to be somewhere where people could talk about these things and have a real community um, that was encouraging and supportive and motivating. Um, and it was really born from that want and that desire um, that I was getting from my boot campers and um, you know, my, my business partner and I, who's actually also my cousin, Elise, we sat down one night and we were both at this sort of pivotal place in our own careers. Um, we were ready for a new challenge. We'd been there for quite a while. We learned a lot and we felt like, you know, we'd done sort of as much as we really wanted to do there. Um, and I think we were both feeling kind of restless and like we were ready for something new. And it just kind of happened. It was one of those moments where we were like, let's do this. Let's create something. Let's have something that's ours that we can own. Um, we know we can work together. We've known each other forever. Um, and we just kind of went for it. It was one of the scariest um, but most rewarding moments, um, you know, of my life. And I think I look back and I go, oh, my gosh, you know, how much we didn't know when we started and how much more we know now. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, it's crazy how far we've come. <laughs> did you, were you raised in an entrepreneurial family or like did, was no. the idea of starting a business a brand new thing to you or did you see it around you? You know, I wasn't raised in an entrepreneurial family at all. And it's really funny because I always, but the saying that, I always had this sort of like entrepreneur mentality or, you know, sort of. Thing that I, I could never shake. Um, when I was a teenager, my best example of this, um, I was working at the, the city pool. I was a lifeguard and some instructor. Um, and I had a parent that had asked me, you know, I have a really hard time getting my kids here during the hours where you guys offer some lessons. My, my kids really like your classes. Would you ever be open to teaching uh, us in our backyard? And I was like, sure, you know, and I started to think about that. And I was like, I can make so much more money teaching swim lessons mm -hmm. privately like this. Yep. So I ended up getting all of the neighborhood families in that little cul-de-sac in my swim lesson program over at this lady's pool. <laughs> and I was working after work doing this. And I started to build a business that way. So people would come and know that I was doing these swim lessons um, in other people's pools. And it became this great way for me to make a lot of extra money during the summer. Um, and I realized I had this entrepreneurial spirit because my brother wanted no part of it. He also worked at the city pool and he was just like, I'm not interested in those extra hours. And I was like, are you kidding? This is so great. You know, <laughs> I was thinking this is great savings. I'm going to like go to college with all this money. It's, you know, wonderful. So I always sort of had that thing. Um, but you know, my family, they're all in sort of the health practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom, when I first told her I was going to quit my full-time job and do this thing and take this big risk, she was like, I think that's a really terrible idea, you know? <laughs> um, you know, her her sort of thinking, train of thought is always like you go to you go to college and then you go to grad school and then you get a job that's in a field that makes sense. Right. Um, so kind of none of the, the path none of the paths that I really took really made sense to her. I mean, even my job before I got into my own business, um, I was in PR and marketing. Um, and, and that made no absolute sense to her. It wasn't tangible. It wasn't something that she could understand. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know where it came from, but <laughs> I wasn't really raised in that 
that household, it was more like doctors and nurses and pharmacists, yep. and that's what you would do. That is hilarious. That is very similar to my upbringing, actually. Very like my mom is a nurse, my dad was uh, a postman, and then there's like teachers, kind of in you know just teaching and service based mm-hmm. people. And uh, the idea of like owning your own company, I didn't even know what that was. Like I didn't, I didn't put the word entrepreneur together to what it was until I was like 22. So it was very, yeah. it was very weird. Um, and it still is to this day. I mean, I, I, I'm very selective on what information I tell to my parents so that they can feel secure, like I'm secure, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's like just so similar to me. And then, um, you know, I remember actually being in, when I was in high school at that time and teaching some lessons and getting ready to go to college and putting this money away for those, you know, for those things. Um, and my mom really asked me, you know, what are you going to do with a degree? And like, what, what, are, where are you going to be? And I, I didn't know. And I was sort of excited about that. And I think that made her kind of nervous. Right. And I remember she recommended I read the book, What Color Is Your Parachute? Yep. And I'll never forget spending that summer reading that book and being like, I don't really still know what color my parachute is. <laughs> but screw I you, parachute. Care. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So. That's funny. That is really hilarious. Well, uh, so I want to I want to get into a fit approach a little bit because, um, you know, I feel like community is kind of this new buzzword lately over the past like two years. I feel like people, you know, you want to build a community, you want to start a community, you want to have a supportive community. But I think we are we've lost what it really is in all of that. Rhetoric. I agree. So what can you talk to me about? I'm, like, how did you create the community? What do you have set up? What makes it a community? And what actually happens there yeah you know I'm so glad that you said that uh, I I 100% agree that community has become this sort of irritating buzzword um, that people are using as a way to just sort of describe any business that they've created whether it's a true community or not mm-hmm. um, and you know when we actually got into this um, it, it wasn't quite as buzzwordy it was sort of out there but I think people are still trying to figure out you know what that really meant um, and what's really interesting about our community and what we've created is that it is, it is, it is in its truest form a community. Um, people are all coming together around a common thread and they're engaging with one another, um, on all sorts of channels. So not just the online channels. It is an online community because that's where it sort of foundation is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also offline. When we have people that are, they realize they live, you know, near one another within 10 miles or five miles or whatever it might be. And they're getting together for runs. Um, they're organizing events together. They're developing friendships because of this common thread, because they're a part of this online community. Um, they're using the hashtag SweatPink. And through that, um, they're, they're developing real relationships. And so some of these online relationships that turn into offline relationships or, you know, even just like offline opportunities, um, I think that's the real power in the community that we've created and something that I'm, you know, super passionate and excited about. Um, I, I am a, I'm a great example because I actually just moved from San Francisco after about 15 years of living there, um, up to Portland. And within the last couple of weeks that I've been here, I've got, you know, five messages, you know, from ladies that live here that are part of the sweat paint community offering, you know, like, let's go and, you know, do a yoga class together or let's go on a run. Um, so it's a way for us to sort of say like, you know, this is a real thing. It's a community. People are coming together around a common theme, fitness. Their love for it, and they're finding, you know, sort of their people, their tribe. Um, and I think it's really about the engagement, and our engagement is crazy incredible. They're so engaged. They talk all day, every day um, about everything from what are the best shoes for CrossFit to 
I'm having GI issues. You know, does anybody have any recommendations for what I can do when I'm on a long run? I mean, the conversations are going on all around us all the time. And people are really, you know, brought together by this common thread. You know, I think all of that is very, very true. But I think one thing that is missing from there that I know, I know you're going to have an answer to this, which is it, you can have all of this stuff, but it really takes the leaders of the community to distinguish and to set up sort of the format of the community and how it's going to run and the culture yeah. of the community. So what have you done to set standards, to create culture, to say, you know, to structure how things are done so that the community knows how to engage in the way that you want them to? Yeah, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's actually one of the most sort of, that was one of the biggest things for us as we grew. Um, we knew we were going to go through growing pain. I mean, every community, every sort of platform for a community will. Um, and, you know, you have, to, you have to stick to your guns and be very... Um, very assertive about what qualities you want, what your culture is going to look like. And at the outset, we were very clear on what we were trying to create was motivation, motivational, inspiring, encouraging, um, very much inclusive. We wanted it to really, you know, maintain those qualities so that whether you were an elite athlete or somebody just getting started on a weight loss journey, um, you could feel like you were a part of the community and you weren't left out. Um, you didn't have to have, you know, some sort of, pedigree or resume um, to be a part of the community. You just had to have that common love, that common theme around fitness, and you had to be willing to share your story. And that was sort of our big, you know, sort of our big motivation for starting it and the thing that we've touted since day one. Um, and we haven't, we have never loosened up on it. It's been sort of there the entire time. My co-founder and I, you know, I think we live and breathe those values, those qualities that we want in our community. And because of that, um, you know, I think it just it just keeps shining through in all of our members. I mean, mm. we've had an amazing, I think, amazing record in, in terms of we've only really ever had to, um, you know, basically, I don't want to say kick people out, but we've only had two people that, you know, didn't adhere to our community guidelines ever wow. in the lifetime of our company, which is pretty amazing. Wow, that is pretty amazing since 2011. That's a big deal. Yeah, so we're feeling pretty good about that. I mean, we've been very good about setting the community guidelines. We've also, you know, taken the time to get feedback from the community. So we'll often do surveys and, um, you know, because there's always things that come up, especially as you grow, um, things that people like or dislike about the way things are running and how you're operating. And we'll post um, we'll post the guidelines sort of everywhere that they need to be. Our, um, on our website, there's a special uh, a special home for the community to go. Um, it's only visible if you're you're within the community, and they could go. And there's a fact sheet, and there's all sorts of like here's community guidelines, and they have to accept it. And it's in our Facebook page. It's pinned to the top, um, in their private Facebook group. And it's something that you know we we often refresh, and we have to hit reset on, it, and we have to see is this still working as we're continuing to grow. Right. And then if it's not, we take a survey and we try to figure out you know what's going to work for people, and you know how we community too. We do ask for feedback, and we do take suggestions, and we do. Um, we do try to, you know, make everybody happy, but at the same time, we stick to our guns and we say, like, you know, this is inclusive. It's about encouragement, motivation, inspiration. Um, and if you don't want to be those, if you don't want to be that kind of person, uh, then you know, you probably aren't going to do very well here. Right. Got it.
Now, how do you, what approach do you take as a leader in how you interact with the community? Because you, like, you're sort of like me, like I have this exact same scenario where I have this amazing community of businesswomen and um, that I am honored enough to lead and I've created this community for them, but I'm, I am, I am my avatar. Like I am a businesswoman too. So how do you, how do you interact with the community as a leader? What sorts of things are you doing to make sure they know who you are? They know kind of the, the forward motion of where the community is going and they know how to interact with you. Yeah. You know, I am, I am exactly one of our community members. I'm exactly, you know, the type of person that joins the community and I'm very good about um, showing, you know, off who I am online. I'm very transparent. I'm easy to find um, and I'm accessible. So I, you know, if the community members want to friend me on Facebook, I, I make that, you know, completely accessible to them. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I have a blog. Um, I write and I post frequently. My Instagram account is kind of like where I, I showcase, you know, the things that I love, like my fitness love, my puppy, my husband, <laughs> you know, what I like to eat. Um, so they can really see that I'm actually truly living this life. Right. Um, and I also still take the time to teach fitness. And I think that that resonates really well with the community because I'm so passionate about it that even though I'm still, you know, working on this whole online, you know, world and events and all these other things, like, I still get down to the roots and I'm teaching. I'm teaching yoga. I'm teaching boot camps. Um, and I'm out there running and, you know, doing all the things that, you know, everybody else in the community loves to do um, and talking to them online all day, every day. So I'm, I am I am also the avatar for my community, yep. as you kind of said. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about the business of this community. We are eventually going to get into Sweat, gu- to sweat Guru because that <laughs> will pile perfectly into this. But I really want to focus on setting up Fit Approach as a business. Um, how, how do you make money? Like, how have you monetized the community, um, in a way that is beneficial for everyone? Yeah, that's such, it's such a great question. And actually, um, I think that, you know, as we, you know, I know this podcast often you talk about with women, you know, that are looking to get into business. And one of the things, uh, probably the pitfalls or the challenges of starting a business are a lot of people are going to tell you it's not going to work. Yep. Um, you're going to have a lot of naysayers. And when I, when we first started this, Elise and I, we would talk to friends, we would talk to you know, people that we sort of admired or trusted or thought would have good, sound business advice. And a lot of them said, but laughed at us and said, that's not going to work. Um, you're never going to make money. There's no way to do that. Um, you're going to fail, basically. And what's been really interesting is that we stuck to what we wanted. Um, we, we bootstrapped. You know, we made, we made things happen when we didn't have very much at all. And we just kept continuing to focus on growing the community. And I kept thinking to myself, like, I know there's power in this. I know we can do something with this. Maybe it's not clear right here, right now, but it will be. And today, I can probably say we have over 200 paying brands partners. Um, we also are hosting our second, for the second year in a row, um, our fitness blogger conference in conjunction with one of the biggest players in the fitness industry, Idea, uh, Idea Fit, their big Idea World conference. Mm-hmm. So we've done quite a bit. Um, but on the brand side, it's how we really make money from the community. Um, because what started to happen, and this was also sort of an interesting cycle, um, as the community continued to grow, and we were really, really focused on that and maintaining the quality of it, um, we started getting approached by brands, some big, some smaller, you know, sort of in between. And they were looking for ways to sort of leverage this great power of this engaged community that we created. And we realized, you know what, we can do that um, because the community also wants access to working with these brands and yeah. also is interested in getting opportunities to be entrepreneurs themselves because most of our community are, you know, kind of in their their blogging or their social media. 
um, because they see it as a business. So we're able to provide sort of as a middleman opportunities to our influencers, our bloggers, our community members um, via brands um, through, you know, blogger challenges. Um, we just did a really successful challenge, for instance, with Sauna um, Activewear. You know, they make yoga and rock climbing and all sorts of like running gear. Um, and we just did a really fun yoga challenge with them. And it's something where they can say to us, hey, you know, we want to get in front of X number of bloggers. And we can do that. We can give them a really engaged audience. And for our bloggers, they start relationships with brands that they love. Mm. So it's sort of a win-win for everybody. How do you come up? Do you have sort of set packages for these brands? Or do you kind of come up, like customize something for each brand that really makes, as far as exposure goes, that really makes sense for them? Um, That's a great question. We sort of do have, in some ways, we do have some set sort of standard campaigns. I mean, there are some things that are just kind of more standard, like, you know, um, a newsletter spotlight or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we customize most of our campaigns, um, especially, you know, the bigger campaigns that we're doing. Um, It's really fun because it kind of brings me back to my roots where I started. I was seven years in PR and marketing, um, and my co-founder, you know, she was doing um, sort of product management for um, Kaiser in their wellness department. So a lot of what we're doing now is just really creative and really fun and kind of going back to the things that we love. Um, so we're creating a lot of custom campaigns and also just getting to, like, think forward and say, like, you know, what's really going to make the most impact for our community members, for this brand, um, and, you know, how do we sort of marry those two and continue to be innovative in this space? Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we do, yeah, is really custom. Um, but then again, you know, there are, there are some standards, um, kind of smaller things that, that we do day to day. Got it. Okay. So let's transition into to Sweat Guru. Talk a little bit about sure. how you got that idea and then do just a brief description over what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So Sweat Guru is an online marketplace um, connecting fitness enthusiasts um, and fitness influencers. So it kind of, you'll see, um, as we talk about it, that our business is a little bit blur the line um, of one another. And uh, we started Sweat Guru in October. We launched it in October of 2013. So it's just over couple, a year and some old, and um, what really, really got started with this idea uh, was through all of our work with Fit Approach. We started to realize that about over 75% of our community members, so out of our 4,000 plus brand ambassadors, were fitness professionals, many of them starting their own fitness businesses, and, you know, really struggling with, you know, how to be more successful online. So where to put their class schedule, um, where to put their sort of fitness resume, like I teach yoga and dance and here's my style. Um, so we created Quickeroo to really be the technology piece behind um, the community that we've already created, but to give these fitness professionals, really, and these fitness enthusiasts a better place to connect with one another. So it's really connecting the dots between, you know, our first community and then Wekaroo, the technology behind it, sort of powering all of these relationships and these interactions that are happening online. That's brilliant. And I want to say, I, had a, I actually signed up as a member when I was doing some research. And it's great. I mean, I could, I can go in there. I can see the kind of the back office. I can go say, well, I want to look for yoga classes in Tampa, Florida. Or I'm going to be mm-hmm. up in Jacksonville. So I want to go look for any running clubs or any uh, kickboxing or whatever it is up anywhere that I am. And it'll basically like do this whole geo, you know, search. And it'll tell me who's teaching what, where they are, how much their class is. It's really useful. And it's beautiful, too. I mean, it's very... Uh, it's very easy to navigate what you need in there. 
Yeah, thank you for that. Um, my my co-founder takes all the credit for how beautiful it is. Um, she really was very bullish about the UI being amazing um, and did a really great job, you know, working with our designers and our engineers to make sure that the product was beautiful and easy for people to use. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really, really excited about the future of Sweatcrew and where it's going and sort of continuing to marry our two businesses so that we're giving our community members more opportunities to run their businesses more successfully and also for the enthusiasts to be, to be able to connect with people in more meaningful ways. And that's, you really hit the nail on the head because you search and your search examples are exactly what we hope people will do and they'll find um, when they're on Sweatcrew. And it's kind of how, you know, we envision the future of Sweatcrew to become this place where you can sort of find everything from your workout buddy to your workout class to your favorite instructor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what are you guys doing that... Um, actually, I want to ask the two questions uh, that are side by side to each other. What do you, what have you done to try and get new users um, and to expand the reach that has blown up in your face and not worked, even though you thought it was going to be great? And then the opposite: what have what are you guys doing that really works as a strategy to get new users in and to get more uh, more re- re- is reachability a word? I don't know. I'm going to make that up right yeah, now. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> sure. To, to be able to get more reach so that someone, you know, eventually in Tampa can see, you know, not just 10 different instructors or classes, but I can see hundreds of all the different stuff. So what are you doing? What have you done that has not worked? And what have you done that is working very well for you to expand that? Yeah, so I think the things that, you know, we've done, I'll start with what hasn't worked. Um, you know, I was actually really surprised by this. Um, but what really hasn't worked for us was sort of a more traditional um, social media advertising campaign. Um, we sort of heard through and through from other startups that that was the way to go. and You had to kind of spend some money there to to get users and to get the click-throughs. Um, but for us, for whatever reason, maybe it's our vertical, I'm not sure. It just didn't work. It just wasn't the place for us to be um, and to be spending dollars. Um, what has worked really well is great PR. Um, and most of that we've done ourselves. And so that's been really, really nice and rewarding because, you know, we've, well, one of them was a surprise, but we got a big hit in People Magazine, um, and that drove a ton of new users on one day. So big PR has been a big driver. Um, I think the other thing is just being really prevalent in the community and continuing to connect as much as possible. Um, my co-founder always says to people that I'm a professional hustler, um, <laughs> but really I'm a, or a professional connector because I love to connect with people. Um, you know, sort of in any way that I can, I'm always sort of connecting with people and figuring out, you know, how I can help them. And that often comes back. And so people are often sort of, you know, making introductions for us, um, whether, you know, they're in Tampa or they're in, you know, Seattle or wherever they are. And they're saying, hey, maybe you guys should meet. Not sure if there's anything there. Um, but I find that those connections tend to be the most powerful and tend to drive more people to either, you know, share our, you know, our page online, whether it's on Facebook or their blogs or, you know, just word of mouth with a friend. But we've really grown more from those kinds of interactions than anything else. I mean, it's really been PR and sort of word of mouth um, and connection type marketing. Um, and other things that, you know, you know, of course, we've done a lot of things that haven't worked. I think <laughs> if we had it, um, we, you know, that probably wouldn't be a good sign because you have to sort of try things and, you know, fail a few times to, to succeed, I think. Um Gosh, and I can probably think of a hundred examples of things that didn't work. But I would say, yeah, the, probably the biggest one where we were really surprised was on sort of traditional, um, you know, online digital advertising. Um, and, you know, and some I would say even on like sort of a, a more traditional like roadshow type thing. We tried to do um, really go into towns and create big events and, 
you know, the ROI on that just wasn't as big as we had expected it to be. Right. Yeah, because anytime you're doing like live events like that, I mean, that that gets really expensive really fast. Yeah, and we did it, you know, we did it so, I, I came from an industry that did that all the time. And so I had seen some be really successful, but I also knew the risk. Um, and, you know, I think we went into it doing it very low budget, but I thought, you know, really impactful. Um, but, you know, I think this day and age, just being online and having your presence there and being able to connect more freely um, is is kind of a better way to go, especially if your budget is small, because you'll get more from that. And I think the ROI from actually, like, uprooting yourself and going somewhere and, you know, being there for, you know, X number of weeks, it may not pay off as much as you, you might think. Right. Now, the particular revenue streams that you have coming in for SweatGuru is is really, so it's free for the user. So someone like me who might yes. go and I want to go find whatever class or other people who are who are working out. And then the business or the person providing the service or teaching the yoga class or the studio who wants to, you know, talk about their all their, you know, their schedule of classes that they have, they're the ones actually paying for it, right? That's right. So um, the, the fitness professional or the studio, um, they're paying a subscription fee. It's just $19 a month, um, which is a huge cost savings over any of the competitors in the space. Um, so that gives them access to allowing their customers to actually pay for classes online um, and to have scheduling and sort of the full-blown profile. They can also list their business on there for free. Um, so it's sort of a freemium model in terms of um, revenue there. We also do, um, we do work with our brands on the SweatGuru side as well. Um, we have something called Sweatlist. So we actually allow our brand partners to get in front of, you know, the 22,000 plus studios and fitness professionals on the SweatGuru site because not all of them are part of the Fit Approach community. Mm-hmm. Um, and through Sweatlist, we actually offer people a way to connect with brands um, via monthly boxes um, where they get like, you know, sort of curated goodies from us. And brand partners can put, you know, discounts in newsletters and or, you know, actual product samples in boxes that we ship out every month. So we've Hmm. got a couple revenue streams from there. Um, And that was actually something that sort of came out of, um, so our fitness businesses, what we often get from them is, you know, they want extra help. What we've learned from them is basically they want extra help with a few things, managing and growing their business online. And part of that is marketing and connecting. Um, So we're able to sort of bring our assets, our brand relationships, the things we're really good at, and help these guys amplify their own business efforts by connecting them through Sweatlist um, to these brands. Hmm. Jamie, what do you do to prioritize your day? Because you've got not mm-hmm. one, but two businesses and one's kind of still in startup phase. What do, you, what do you do to prioritize your day to make sure that you're working on the most in- important stuff to, to keep moving both <laughs> of these businesses forward and to have a personal life? <laughs> yeah, um, that's a great question. You know, I, I, it's, uh, it, it's tough, you know, I'm not going to lie that it's tough. Um, balance is one of those things that's very hard to achieve and prioritizing, you know, it's always, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, you know, hairy thing to tackle, I would say. So I think one of the things that I've done and I've, I've always been pretty diligent about this, um, even in, you know, past careers, I'm really organized and I think that that sort of saves me half of the time, um, that it might take to do things. I'm kind of like scary organized. My, my inbox and my folders and my like to-do list are all crazy, you know, um, sort of in their little segments and they've got subfolders and I know where everything is at all times. Um, and I'm just really good about sort of tacking off things on a to-do list. I use a, we use a, um, a software program called Trello, uh-huh. um, T-R-E-L-L-O. Yep. And basically you can assign tasks, your whole team can use it. You can also, you know, create weekly goals and 
and that kind of thing. And it's something I'm really diligent about. And so what I'll do is I'll sort of just give myself every day, I'll go through my Trello boards and figure out, you know, what has to happen today, what has to happen this week. Um, and I try to prioritize that way. Of course, things come up, they always do. Um, and I think that's just when, you know, I have to lean on team members and, you know, the great, the great team that we have to sort of say, here's where I need a hand, here's what we have to get done. Um, but, you know, startups are a lot of work and a lot of hours. So, you know, <laughs> having the social life and the personal life and, you know, married and with a puppy and all of those things that I'm also doing, it, it's, it's challenging at times, but yeah. we just make it work. Yeah, um, and I love what I do. So, I, you know, working on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday doesn't really, I don't know, it doesn't feel like work. Um, and I, I'm, I hear that from a lot of other entrepreneurs, so I know that that's usually a common feeling. Right. I want to end with the question of where do you really see things going? Um, you know, you've mentioned that Fit Approach has taken so many different evolutions already. Sweat Guru is, you know, just up and coming. It's really getting going. What do you really see on the horizon for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I love it, actually. Um, you know, we really see the, the perfect marriage of our two businesses um, to, you know, eventually becoming one. Um, and I think we're, we're really working towards that evolution. We really want to be the place where people come for fitness online. Um, so whether, like I said, whether that's to find workout buddies, your tribe, your community, to find classes, to find an instructor that gels with you, or if you're an instructor, to be empowered to be a really great business person online and have your entire resume, your class style, et cetera, online. So we really want to be the destination for fitness online. Got it. Uh, not too shabby. I don't think that that's too far away. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the goal. I love it. I love it. Well, Jamie, I want to thank you so much for being here and for sharing so much about your business. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Totally love that conversation with Jamie. She was so just boisterous and energetic, and I really, really loved how much she got into the specifics of what it really means to be a community, to have a community, to lead a community. I think those are very important things to note. And once again, I just cannot stress enough how um, how much potential, if you do a community right, there's so much potential there to give, to be able to uh, produce really amazing things for your community members. And oftentimes that even means more business um, and something else that you can provide. So uh, just be aware about that stuff. I just loved it. So hope you got something great out of this and I'll see you on the next episode.